I'll be lifting the curtain on the hustle of four startup co-founders whose business project named Airby recently won MIT Global Startup Labs competition at Wits University. Uh, we'll be looking under the hood of their hustle, as it were. A really interesting conversation. A sneak peek into the life and mindset of startup founders uh, doing their thing right here in Johannesburg, South Africa. Take a listen. So, fellas, say hi to the people. Just say your name and uh, what you do at Airby. Hi, my name is Jabulu Makatini, and I focus more on the marketing side at Airby. Hi, my name is Tapankova, and I am the CEO of Airby. Hello, my name is Simone Longosi, and I focus on strategy of Airby. Hi, my name is Gabriel Twala, and I focus on the technical side of Airby. Yeah, so you guys uh, attended the MIT Global Startup Labs uh, sessions at at Wits uh, University. What's the biggest or most important thing you learned there? It's about. Uh, Building a business around your product is the most important thing that we learned. They gave us a lot of business tools, like getting your market research in check, you know, uh, figuring out your customer lifetime costs or customer lifetime value, stuff like that, that we weren't really queued up on. So, yeah. And so as a tech head, is it often difficult to, to balance the need to have a business mindset as well as care about every single last piece of code? Well, they also taught us to actually, before starting to code, starting to touch your computer, you must actually wireframe everything. So now make sure that everything loops around each page that you want on your app or maybe so your website and make sure everything is functional before touching code. And so what would you say um, is the biggest aspiration you have when you look at other tech ecosystems outside of Africa? Now, there's a lot that makes us unique, and we're going to get into that um, relative to more developed countries and, and, and developed scenes. But what, do, what is one of the things that you look at, say, looking over at Silicon Valley or London or Tel Aviv or places like that, that you aspire to as a startup founder or co-founder? Uh, one of the key things is that, you know, in Silicon Valley, they, they have this culture of fail fast. Uh, I think if we can implement that in South Africa, actually, or Africa, we can, we can achieve a lot. And, and besides failing fast is that startups in the U.S. and Silicon Valley take time to develop their businesses before they can make profit. They don't just make profit. If they make profit, they just throw it into scaling and growing the businesses. So that also aspired me because most of us here, when we start making 100,000 rands or 100,000 US dollars and everything, it's a party. But for them, it's not. They rather spend six months in an office, uh, no renting or, or anything, just renting an office and just showering in a gym just to grow their businesses and the culture. So if we can implement that and not, <clears throat> and not treat like our startups like a nine to five where you just get in an office like 9 a.m. and then 5 p.m. just go home. No, just set like a hundred hour per week and then, you know, take it from there. Yeah. All right, Sanjabula, this is not your first taxi ride, my man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've been in this taxi before. So, yeah, I mean, we, we, we have a history. Uh, I interviewed you some years back about a, a, another startup that you, you co-founded that actually did quite well in the hardware see, uh, space. Um, now this is a software uh, place. What are some of the things um, you see quite differently to when you first came on the scene with your boosted technology, uh, which was helping people, you know, which has become quite normal now, but at the time it came out, it was, very, it was quite 
it was quite a thing to have a, a device you could latch onto your smartphone that would help you charge it, like extend the battery life, etc. Um, this is significantly different, like I said, in the software space. What have you learned relative to coming to the scene some years ago to where you are now? Um, definitely, I think a lot of lessons that um, I've learned. Um, we, we started Booster, I think, in 2014, um, and it's more in the hardware. And as you can imagine, comparing software to hardware, hardware is, is, is difficult, especially in our country, Africa, um, or in our continent, because um, there's a lot of parts that you need to import and, and a lot of things involved. But I think overall, one thing that I've definitely um, um, taken up is one point that uh, Sponelo mentioned in terms of like failing fast. Um, it's very, very much key to um, zoom out of your business so that you can view it strategically. I've learned um, to, to sort of being able to stand back and view your business outside of it because you get involved in a lot of things and in the day-to-day -day runnings and sometimes you don't even see when you're sort of hitting the wall. So um, I think especially with software and with a, a, a pro, when you're trying to build a, a pro project or a company that is fresh and that is breaking new grounds with whatever is happening out there, it's very much tricky because you need to get it right. You know, I think the, the most important thing is proving a business model that works, you know. And I think those are simply the lessons that I learned in terms of from where we started with Booster to where we are right now. What would you say is the most important metric to track, broadly speaking, as a startup uh, CEO, Zebang, and uh, a startup CEO on the African continent? Now, we know that if you are in Silicon Valley and you get certain traction as far as, say, Facebook likes, um, you know, that might, you know, that might extend your runway in that, in that scenario. Not so much here. <laughs> Not so much here. So given that, like, speak to what are some of the most important metrics for your business specifically and the discipline required to focus on those things and not be taken up by the fact that you guys are getting to go to Portugal and you've won this competition? Just from our perspective, because we are still in the pre-revenue stage, but it comes down to like what we do on a day-to-day -day basis. So we tend to set goals, and the hard thing about achieving those goals is having the discipline and commitment to working towards them. So like fortunately for us now, we have uh, a mentor who helps us with the business, and that has really helped us in terms of getting things done. What kind of mentor, in a technical sense or in a business sense or both? Uh, in a business sense, in a business, because we're trying to build a business around our product. Things like Facebook likes, uh, they don't, like for us, it's not really, it doesn't really count. But if we have your contact details, we, it's something that we can use because uh, the Facebook likes don't translate to people signing up on our page. I suppose in terms of growth metrics, uh, and the point I'm tr I'm, I'm, I, I think you're making and I'm trying to make as well is um, being committed to metrics that are directly linked to hardcore things like revenue and profitability, yeah? Yeah, 
Yeah, true. Um, I think also adding, uh, taking from where um, what Sapang actually mentioned, I think um, also one thing that we've sort of realized is the facade that comes with being a tech startup. Um, being funded a does not mean success. Um, I think we follow uh, Crunchbase. There's a site called Crunchbase, which is only dedicated on informing you of the startups that got funded. But the content is no one actually tells you what happened to them. Because um, when you start to scrutinize and follow up on it, others have shut down for various reasons. Because it, it all boils down to the metrics. How do you sort of define the metrics and stuff? So um, for us, it all boils down to the consumers. Because we can create something that might convince Andila Masugu. We can create something that can convince a VC who's a billionaire and they might be willing to give us like 5M, but it all boils down to the user at the end of the day. And I think one thing that we've been sort of stressing and putting all our energy on is the user, is getting it right with the users. As, as long as we can get it right with the users, it doesn't matter whether you're funding or not, I think you are guaranteed to success. Let it... Uh, sort of cover the need of the user. Let it be a solution that is relevant to that user because it can make sense in a project, a presentation, but to the user, you might be quite off. So let's talk about failure um, and the culture of failure or the lack thereof in our particular ecosystem. It doesn't go down well around here to be like, ah, you know, I started this business, it didn't work out. And, you know, um, I've had massive um, arguments with people people I love who mean quite well, who when I hold up my scars, I see a beautiful picture, whereas they see just <laughs> like all these L's all the place, you know, everywhere. And, and it's frustrating to me because other ecosystems get to, to celebrate and learn from failure. I want to talk about the potential for failure in every startup. And I want you to tell, you know, to give me an honest assessment of how you guys might come to decide that this hasn't worked out and you guys might need to pivot, might need to shut everything down altogether and try something else. How would you arrive at that, that, um, that uh, conclusion? We've actually spoken about this where we discussed, maybe say this uh, project doesn't go as planned. Uh, what would we do next? So we, we, we have, as startups, it's advised to actually have plan Bs or something that something else that you might actually do, which we've, we, we've got, like, three other projects, but we d felt like uh, Airbuy is actually, you know, the most viable one for now, and that's the one we actually are putting our energies in. So until we feel, maybe after a good, say, a year, then we might actually start talking and saying, is this going somewhere? Or, guys, do we need to do something else, you know, because we're not getting we're not getting what we're actually looking for, you know. That's money, being able to live off this company. That's number one. Because uh, apparently, uh, well, it is a case actually where you start making money after a good two years or three years. So will we, will we be able to survive, you know, during those two years with this project? So now yeah, that's also like a major concern. Uh, and also adding on that, uh, the year will pivot the project completely. We're gonna break down. We break down the, the the project into three, into four actually. Three months, three months, three months. So, the first three months we try this model. If it doesn't work completely, we pivot the model. 
but still FI. We introduce the next model in the next few months and try to get as much as uh, uh, surveys that we can. If it fails also, we pivot until the year is complete. And now we say like, we've tried, we've tried different models because we've, uh, we've been studying. One thing about MIT is that they've been teaching us about business canvases and all this stuff, you know, how to implement your business and how to go about it. So uh, you don't have to scratch your project firsthand when it doesn't succeed. Maybe there's something wrong that you don't even realize. Just go back to the drawing board and just point out the mistakes and everything and go back again with the net, with the different approach. And if it doesn't work also, go back again until you're done with all your models. So that's what we plan you to do, yeah. And so you, you guys uh, touched on something quite interesting, this idea of how do you survive through that process? I mean, a year is a long time. And I know you, two of you, uh, at least two of you guys are fresh out of varsity, right? And the other two, you guys are now pretty much veterans in the startup scene. Goodness knows how you've been doing it. But on a practical level, speak to people who are sitting, listening to us in um, our, big, our biggest audience outside of Africa is the U.S. and, and the U.K. And, and people are fascinated about the experience, about your experiences, starting something from nothing and, and how people survive it. So t t talk me through how you four are surviving it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's rough. <laughs> August was the worst month. So, uh, so to survive in terms of money, because what we decided as, the, as a group is that we, we're just going all in. We're not taking uh, full-time jobs and stuff like that. And because of that, now we have to get creative on how we're going to get money since uh, Airbuy is still not making money for us yet. So... On my, uh, for me, I am also a photographer, so I get revenue from, I mean, I get money from doing shoots, photo shoots, and I'm fortunate to be, uh, I'm, I'm friends with a DJ, so he always rolls around, so I just shoot wherever he is, and I get to meet different people from clubs and whatever. Sometimes I take people's numbers, send them photos, and then ask them questions based on our products, just doing market research. Yeah, so, yeah. Hustle and flow, papa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Jabulo, uh, some, he, hooked, he hooked us up with uh, this other events company, so we work with them at times and get some money there. So it's just getting money just to stay afloat, but we always remind ourselves of what it is that we're here for. We're here for the business. Everything else is just to help us survive. Do your, families do, do your families understand, do your significant others understand how difficult is it to sort of translate the passion you have for this and what really, for, for people who can't see what you see the way you see it in your head, um, how, how difficult has it been to, to enthuse the people in your lives to the vision you guys have? Uh, for me... My grandma still doesn't understand what I'm doing. Because <laughs> uh, the moment I left, jo I left Bloemfontein for, for Joburg, you know, um, I was going to study law. I studied law. I have a law background. But along the way, I was like, now nah, I'm a startup now. She was like, what's that? What, what are you doing? Uh, computer. So every time when she sees me, she's like, oh, we're working with computers. But they always want to see that chunk. They're expecting you to show up with something. Uh, a house, a car, but they don't understand that it takes time, you know what I mean? Uh, even even the guys from Angry Bird took them like 50 
ideas to get Angry Bird out. So it's patience and patience and patience. Yeah. So I guess also communication is very key, and learning to to actually speak with people you have relationships with, especially people that you're under, like your parents, like your immediate parents. Um, it's hard. It's very hard, you know, especially being a, like a fresh graduate, you know. I had to uh, teach myself how to do websites to actually, you know, uh, get some more money, you know. We all actually know a bit of WordPress, you know, so that we can actually live, live off something, you know. <laughs> yeah, so that's how we survive here for now. And guys, I want you to speak to your contemporaries across the continent. I think it's so sad how disconnected we are. Um, I was at Demo Africa some weeks ago and met these amazing people. In fact, I met you guys there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, no. <laughs> I can't believe I couldn't remember. I, could, I didn't. Anyway. So I met people like you, but you guys met like amazing entrepreneurs from all over the continent. And it's, it, you know, I actually, I was inspired on one hand, but I was really gutted to think that we're pretty much just, many of those people are just as, as distant and, 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 and strange to us as someone sitting in Silicon Valley. That's really sad. And it's one of the things we're trying to change with, you know, the African roundup. We're in Brahm, people, in case you, you thought we were faking a location. <laughs> yeah, so what do you want to say? Like heart to heart, man to woman in, in, in many cases, um, startup founder to startup founder. What do you want to say to, to our African brothers and sisters listening to us right now? I think personally, as Africans, we bigger and stronger than we think. Um, I think uh, maybe globally, um, other people in other parts of the world view us as starting off or, I don't know, a bit sort of victimized kind of a thing. But for the fact that in such um, unfavorable environments, we are able to stand firm and start companies and that grow to be something amazing. I think that shows you the power we have as Africans. And I think it's a point that you are mentioning that I've also noticed. And I think us collaborating more and sort of having a lot of things that we do and engage with each other, we can have greater strength to not even need um, any you, anyone from the Silicon Valleys of the world or anything like that. But us just collaborating together, even doing business together. I mean, if you do something and you are connected to the whole of Africa alone, you're good. You do not even need to scale it out of Africa. So I think we are missing a lot from um, being so disconnected and everything. Uh, you know what got me off on, especially on Demo Africa, uh, is that two guys who were doing the same thing were opposite each other, and that kind of broke my heart because these guys are doing the same thing, but they don't even know about each other. Probably it's the same savers that they're giving out, and 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 for them not to know more about each other and be able to be like opposite each other, because like it costs. Uh, it causes confusion to many people, and also, it's for them. It's like, okay, uh, what are we doing here? Because uh, now you be trying to sell the product that your neighbor is selling at the exhibition, and it's it's pretty bad for business. And exactly for reputation, it's pretty bad. So with us, it's that we don't have uni union. I would say let's unite, and and by that we we'll know who's doing what and who's not doing what. I'll know what my neighbor is doing and I'll try and tweak that. Instead of me competing with him or her, 
I'll be like, look, I'll be the guy who's sweeping at your salon. You're cutting the hair. Like, for example, you're cutting the hair, right? I'll be the guy who's sweeping. You're the tech guy. I'll be the encryption guy. And with that, it's like the good relationship and the growth of Africa rather than competing with one another. Uh, and, and another thing is that uh, as tech guys or startup guys, like go out to entrepreneurial events, meet people. That's where we met Andile. We, you know, just meet people, go out there, meet people like you. Don't just stay there working on your product, you know? Yeah. And when you can, travel, right? Like you guys are about to do. Yeah, when you can, travel, you know? Yeah. Open yourself up to the world. And so in the spirit of sort of uh, letting Africa in on your hustle, and how can people get in touch with you and track your progress? We'll be watching for every pivot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, people can uh, definitely get in touch with us. Um, our website is www.airby.co.za. Feel free to hit us up if you want to partner, if you want to work together, if you want to be a client, anything. We're just open to just engage with anyone across the world, yeah. Fantastic, guys. You guys, uh, your, your families ought to be proud. Your mothers would certainly be proud if they could, if they could see you now. Um, and uh, I'm really excited to see what's, what's the, 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 the vibe that's starting to, to take hold of Bromfontein. For those of you who are not familiar with Johannesburg, Bromfontein is an urban precinct um, just one bridge away from uh, Johannesburg city center proper. The bridge is the Nelson Mandela Bridge, which crosses right over um, um, the train tracks, where we're actually staring at them right now. And this place is really becoming a hotbed of innovation, and I'm really excited about it. It's Silicon Brom uh, is how it has to go down over here with you guys all up in the mix. So congratulations to you. Enjoy your trip to Portugal. Come back quickly uh, to, to keep that hustle going, yeah? yeah. Definitely. <laughs>